just witnessed the fastest pace of job loss ever. You just saw the worst monthly decline in retail sales ever. The S&P 500, however, is only down some 12% now. That isn't ever type losses. I think we still see those. I paraphrased a bit of that, but this was from Mr. Nick Hodge's early advantage letter yesterday that I received in my inbox. So I woke up this morning, I looked and I said, there's 23 million people unemployed. We're getting the worst numbers we've ever seen out of multiple sectors. And yet the stock market rallied today, some 700 points. We have over 2 million cases of COVID-19 confirmed worldwide, 650,000 in the U.S., over 33,000 people dead. We've tested 1% of our population, and some people believe this is a hoax. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 66 of the most appropriately titled podcast ever. We titled this 66 weeks ago, people, Bizarro World. That is indeed what we are living through. Mr. Hodge, first and foremost, how are you, sir? I'm looking forward to getting my kicks in episode 66. I'm doing good. How are you, Gerardo? I am well. I am healthy. Um, I can't say the same for everybody, you know, and we haven't talked about this off air yet, but, you know, my, my oldest son, our 21-year-old, he had a, a, a friend of his that uh, he went to high school with, a young, young man, 21, 22 years old. He passed this past week from COVID-19 in New York. And so, you know, let's get right into it. Let's get right into the numbers. We had a brief a minute and a half conversation before we started recording about COVID-19 and how both you and I have spoken with people we consider to be very intelligent people, informed, educated people. Some people believe all this is a hoax. And so, again, I just want to recap what I, what, what, what I started with here today. It wasn't um, accidental. I didn't want to get into the market right away. I want to get into this. We have over 2 million cases worldwide. Let's take a very domestic look. Over 650,000 in the U.S., over 33,000 people dead. We've only tested 1% of our population, everyone. 1%. We have 33,000 people dead with just over 1% of our population tested. Um, The market is acting as if Everything is just coming back to normal. Meanwhile, there's 23 million people unemployed. We have the USAA, you know, the, 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 as you call it, the, the group that says we're here to serve those that serve us. They're snatching veterans checks away if they're in debt before they hit the account, before they issue the checks to the, to, to the servicemen and women out there. Um, and the SBA's uh, payroll protection program just ran out of money with less than 9% of it going to uh, the, the, the service sector. It mostly went to funds and construction companies and large, large franchised hotel chains. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy fucking world out there. And meanwhile, we'll get to this in a minute, the, the major U.S. indices are rallying. Um, so a lot there, Nick, let's start with the first part of that. Do you believe this is a hoax? (laughs) There is a lot. There is a lot there. And no, I don't believe it's a hoax, Gerardo. You know, I was telling you before we started recording that I was given an interview yesterday. And before we started recording that interview, the interviewer, um, 
was sort of taking that line of questioning. I was saying, um, gosh, a lot of people have died. And he responded, but have they, though? Um, and, and, and I sort of shut it down right there. I was like, look, if that's like the interview, that's not I'm not doing that with you today. That's not what I came here to talk about. That's not what I think is going on here. And um, like that's where that's not the rabbit hole we're going down. I shut it down immediately. And it's like, um, you know, I get wanting to question. I get there being questions about how it originated and, and how deadly it truly is. And I get Absolutely. wanting to comp- yeah. I get wanting to compare it to uh, other sources of death, whatever that might be, heart disease or the risk of driving or, you know, all these things that you're seeing people compare it to. But the uh, fact of the matter is, as you said, um, your son has had a friend die from it. I've had uh, friends of friends die from it. I've had uh, friends lose uh, grandparents from it. And so it's clearly real. The The, the threat is real. Um, the threat to overrun hospitals has clearly played out in densely populated areas. And as we've been saying, it's so uh, new and came so rapidly that there's so much we don't know, specifically because we aren't testing enough, that it's just too early to tell. And um, I was having this conversation with my wife last night because obviously, you know, she wants to go out, right? Like um, you said about, you know, painting the toes and stuff, like she's ready to get her pedicure and her hair done. She's got like the COVID do, she's calling it or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, And we're saying like, People are tired of doing what they have to do, like being cooped up. And, but that's no reason to say turn it back on if we don't have all the information, right? And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things you could talk about and a lot of ways you could take the conversation. You got people uh, protesting in Michigan. Mm. And you see the picture of Liberate Michigan. The, Liberate the Minnesota. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and it's so they're like going to be liberated saying, off air. If you want to go back out there and, and you might see some of this, right. Where people, um, get back to it. Right. And, and, um, in states where governors aren't as adamant as they've been here in Washington and, and some other states, and you get that second wave that you've seen in, in Singapore, and it's almost like they're going to be, want to make themselves martyrs or something. I, it's too early for me to make sense of it. And, and certainly I think too early for a lot of these other people to make sense of it, but um, that doesn't stop them from what this from trying. It seems like. Well, and again, I completely understand the sentiment of we've been at home for us here in our household. You know, we, we self quarantined before there was any guidance. We started doing this over a month ago. So we're going on coming up on week five here. So I completely understand the sentiment of wanting to get back out. You know, our, our kids went away for spring break from school and school's canceled. Now it's done for the rest of the year, right? They're here um, through at least the rest of the summer. And so, yes, I understand that people want to get back to normal. I understand that people who may be not as fortunate as you or I, you know, I, I, you and I had a conversation a week or two ago where I, I, I think you, you, you donated something like 10,000 meals, um, there in Washington state. And I think you've done that a second time, if I'm not mistaken, but you know, a week or two ago, I had made the point to you, I think privately that, you know, we hadn't seen that need yet. And well, the, 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 the dam kind of broke this week because we had, you know, lines in Dallas and, and in Houston, um, people in their cars at the food banks four or five hours, um, in line hoping to get, you know, food. And so, you know, my wife and I, um, found this great program here in central Texas and, and, and we're able to donate 6,000 meals and, and look forward to being awesome. able to do that, you know, but my, my point is 
there, 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 there's a lot of people that aren't in a position um, to not only help others, but even be able to help themselves through no fault of their own. So I understand wanting to get back out, everyone. I understand that there, there, there is a right approach. There is a safe approach um, to slowly start phasing back into the new normal. But we can't have, and again, we're going to go straight to the Trump administration. It's irresponsible for the president of the United States of America to just randomly tweet to the opposing parties, states, free Minnesota, free Michigan, free, there are a couple, Virginia, I think was another one, um, and, and encourage people to get out there not knowing people's situation. That would be the equivalent. Listen, I'm a newsletter writer, right? It's part of what I do along with being a business owner and a number of other things. But as someone who writes a newsletter, if I get on here and I tell everybody, everybody, I just say, buy Moose Pasture Company ABX or whatever the heck it's called. It's time to buy it. And I have zero understanding of your risk profile, your financial situation, um, your needs, what you risk. I mean, if I don't have any clue about that, I have no business saying that that would be deemed irresponsible. But yet we have a large section of our country that thinks it's okay for a president of a country, any country, but especially here in America to just randomly start tweeting, liberate Virginia, liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota. And, and what has that done? It's inspired his base to get out there, kids and all. And I am all for adults doing whatever they want to do. If you're a white supremacist, you have the right to congregate, get a permit, go out there, tell everybody how you don't like Mexicans. If you're a Mexican militant, you don't like white people, you have the right to go get a permit, set up a protest, go tell everybody how you don't like white supremacists. What you don't have the right to do is to bring your kids and put them in a situation where they could die or they could, they could get sick or they could get grandma or grandpa sick, someone that maybe doesn't share your sentiment. Um, and that's what I'm seeing today. It's Friday, April the 17th, and there's people on the streets of these states near the Capitol building where President Trump is tweeting, liberate these states. And people are saying, oh, that's my cue. Let me go get my flag and my don't thread on me uh, posters and let's get out there with little Johnny and little Mary and let's go walk to the state Capitol to show these motherfuckers that we ain't scared. Well, guess what, people? Some of you are going to get liberated sooner than later but it may not be in the way you think. And I'm not hoping for that. But I just, I, I have a serious problem with leadership being that irresponsible with the platform and voice. President Trump understands he's the hottest thing on, on news TV. We're reminded of it every press conference at five o'clock, right? He gets it. He knows what the ratings are. He brags to us every day in the middle of a pandemic. Cool, that's his prerogative, flex. He tells us on Twitter every day how popular he is and how he just found out last week that, you know, he's number one on Facebook. <laughs> he didn't know what that means, but he loves being number one. But it's okay to tweet shit like get out there and, you know, go protest. Well, you think somebody would rein him in, but he's got absolute power, right, Gerardo? So mm. uh, king of the hill right now. Um, and, and, and people, I think, need to take responsibility for themselves. Look, I mean, these are people that, um, voted the man in through the the language and the and and the rhetoric that um, he used, and they continue to be by your side, like you said. Uh, maybe marching to to liberation sooner um, than later. And what I don't get is 
Um, like, what do they think is going to happen? It's so politicized. I mean, it's not based on anything other than, um, you know, what the, the Trump man is saying. It's not like, um, at least I haven't seen a good reason behind it. And to go to the numbers, like, you just lost every single job you lost since 2008. The fastest pace, like you said, of job decline ever. Um, even if you open it back up, and now people are actually putting studies about this, so um, I can dig out a link and put it up, but it's not going to come back right away for a bunch of reasons, right? One, um, people aren't going to rush back out. Like I'm certainly not taking my family out to dinner anytime soon, um, even if it's open, right? And so there's that. Um, and then there's the, the business perspective of you're not going to go, you're not going to slam your foot down to the floor on the gas right away when coming out of the other side of this thing. If you laid off 10 people, you're not going to rehire 10 people right away until you feel it out a little bit. So even if um, you turn it back on, um, and I'll concede that that would be a step in the right direction economically, uh, but it's a drip on the spigot and it's still um, stacked up against um, the things that you were saying earlier, worst retail sales numbers ever, worst amount of job layoffs ever, um, like a hundred percent reduction in air travel, 100 percent. Um, and so like, where do you go from there? Um, you're seeing studies now, um, you know, this is going to take till 2021, 2022 to get fully recovered. And so um, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that it's, it's, it's short-sighted as well. All I'm asking anybody listen to this podcast to do is to use some logic, people. I Look, at the end of the day, I'm going to take the precautions that I need to take for myself and my family. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. I don't care what Governor Abbott in the state of Texas tells me. I don't care what President Trump tells me. I don't care what Elizabeth Warren tells me. I don't care what Joe Biden tells me. I'm going to look at the facts. I'm going to do my research and then I am going to act accordingly and make the best decision for my wife, for my kids, for myself and my immediate family and my friends. That's what I'm going to do. And all I ask is whether you agree with any of what we just said, which is 90% factual and 10% opinion. We didn't make up the 2 million cases worldwide. Uh, we didn't make up the 650,000 in the U.S., we didn't make up the 33,000 people being dead here in the U.S. And we didn't make up that we've only tested 1% of our population. Those are facts from the Trump administration. Not my facts. The Trump administration facts. So it, take that. They're, they're saying even with the opening up that the president has, has talked about, uh, the criteria, as I understand it, is still like 14 days of uh, a declining infection rate and, and in ensuring that the hospitals aren't overrun. So you're still already in in May. And I'm not talking about wanting to get back to work. I'm just talking about like the prolonged economic implications of this, right? Even if the open up thing works as it's currently planned, it's still out two weeks. Like uh, Maryland just closed down schools until May 14th today. You think they're going to open them up for another 30 days and then close them down on June 15th when they were supposed to close? I don't think so. So there you got, you know, schools out, out for the year in, in many states. Even if, if people go back to work, what are they going to do with their kids? It's gonna, it's, a, it's just a cluster anyway you slice it. And, and last point, and then at least for me, and then we can move on, is uh, we talked about the testing or lack thereof, but the data 
Um, even on the deaths has been all messed up. I mean, New York dumped the other day. Oh, by the way, we got a couple thousand that we're just going to add to the total here, right? Like what? And so you look at the chart and it's like, well, when's that? When's the next day like that going to happen? Or um, what was my wife telling me? Her cousins is a state's attorney in San Diego. And she was talking to him the other day. Um, and he was saying they're finding nursing homes that aren't reporting uh, the deaths. They found one. I forget the exact number, but it was definitely more than uh, 66. 15. Oh, my goodness. There you go. In in one nursing home. And so how many more of those are we going to find? And, and they only found um, it because a whistleblower dropped an anonymous tip to the cops and said they're stacking bodies in this area. Go check it out. Crazy, man. And now the, all the people dying in their homes as well. So even... Uh, when you're doing your research, I'm starting to find myself questioning the numbers. I'm like, I don't know about that number, man. Like I'm watching the infection rate as I refresh the worldometer or whatever. And and then I'm watching the total death rate. And I'm like, I don't know about this. And then sure enough, like the next day, oh, there's another like 2000 deaths. So anyway, we're still in the middle of this thing. Wells Fargo is encouraging people to cover their face before they come into the bank. <laughs> this is 2020, everybody. Um, let's get to the markets. Uh, we, we, we spent some time on COVID-19. Please be responsible, everyone, regardless of what your opinions are politically, personally, what you like or don't like. Just, man, you know, let's come out of this safe and let's come out of this as, as healthy as we possibly can um, and, 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 and live to enjoy another strip club and another nice dinner and another nice movie out, right? Um, Let's get to the markets. Gold, 1682. Silver, 1514. Copper, 234. Oil, 18 bucks a barrel. Let's go in order, Mr. Hodge. Is this uh, the pullback that you and I have been expecting in the gold space? Because as we know, things do not go straight up. And uh, 30 days ago, our low was 1471. Here we are at 1685. And, you know, I, I, I see the gold bugs a little jittery out there thinking, oh, that was it. Uh, here it comes, you know, and then again, me being a Cub fan, lifelong Cub fan up to 2016, up until the 10th inning of that game against the Cleveland Indians, I was convinced that here we are, <laughs> we got this close and I'm about to get my heart broken again. Um, I think that's where gold bugs are now. That's my opinion. I would love your take, Mr. Hodge. I certainly have some of that reservation, you know, um, I've never seen the the gold market uh, rip like it. Uh, can and I think is about to. And so I'm looking forward to it. And um, I, I'm with you. I, I, I am scared that some days it's not going to happen, especially like this, where you close your eyes for the last 30 seconds of the market and the Dow rips 200 points higher into the close. Um, but no, we said it. I told you last week, I, I put my air quotes up. You remember? I said, even yes, if we sir. get a pullback, it's going to be 1650 or whatever. And so um <clears throat> I was telling you earlier, I've done, I've done so much talking, I feel like this week, I don't know who I've told what, but... Um, I have a the, sore throat the, and I haven't done half the talking <clears throat> you've done, so... The the sensitivity analysis is what you got to point to, right? Of the mm. At least the companies that you and I talk to a lot, and it's something I probably mentioned here, but it's worth talking about again, that these studies, PEAs and and and, and feasibilities were done at $1,150, $1,200 gold, and here you are in your pullback at sixteen. Uh, 80 or whatever. So um, no, we're looking good, I think. And um, the response to this is increasingly wacky. Um, some of the proposals I've seen are just off the wall. I'm sure you saw them <laughs> wanting to pay the oil companies to leave it in the ground. I mean, it's just nonsensical bullshit, if we're being honest. And so the more that bullshit you see is like, I view it as Tinder for the for the gold fire, right? And 
Um, also, I think, you know, I haven't really gloated any about my call on the crypto soldiers, but I think some of those people are coming too, which um, is good to see. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. Um, I'll do some crystal ball stuff here and look forward. I think that, you know, we, we stay we stay in, 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 in $100 trading range. I think that's the norm now. Um, would it surprise me to break 1650 and go down to 1600? No, that wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me to just kind of stick around these levels, 1650 to 1700. Um, possibly see a May low that goes back into the 1500s and scares everybody out of their position. Summertime's coming and, you know, we're here we go again. We're headed back down. But but I expect a seasonally high June. Um, you know, t- we, we, we tend to, 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 to peak during June. It wouldn't surprise me to be at 1800 bucks in June. And again, if we could just hold a sixteen to $1,800 range between now and year end, um, while the other shoe drops in Europe and Japan and some of these other places that are figuring out, you know, whether the, the, the EU is going to continue to exist, uh, I think we're in, in, in great shape. And I think it's an opportunity uh, to keep topping off those positions. You and I were here a month ago um, yelling and, and you were writing checks and I was buying in the open market. Um, about Almaden, about Magna, about Midas, you know, and those positions are up 40, 50, 60% since then. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, frankly, a little bit of a pullback if it gives me another month or two to to add to positions. I, I, I definitely am not selling into the early part of the cycle for my long-term positions, not my trading positions. Um, and, and you know, you got to invest for the cycle, right? As, as a good friend and mentor of ours always says, you know, you get three or four years if you're lucky every 10 or 15 to make your money. And I think we're right at, at, at the beginning of that. No, I said yesterday in the letter, I'm ready to eat good. And it's funny how it's flipped. Now you're looking for to buy the gold dip and short the market dip, right? Um, they're short the market rip, right? As opposed to buying the market dip over the past, whatever, five, 10 years. It's it's good to see it. I mean, uh, not good to see, you know, again, with the caveat that the, the situation is terrible. But look, um, I've been saying from the beginning that as bad as the virus is, it's it's set into motion all these things that were boiling under the surface anyway, that at least in my opinion needed to be set into motion. So, um, yeah, here we go. Silver still, I've, I've, I've said the whole time that gold's been ripping higher that I'm just not convinced. Sil- silver, I think, is traded poorly. Um, I don't think it's held its part. I think it's, it's, it's trading as an industrial metal. Do you agree with that sentiment, Nick? Uh, silver, I think we talked about it last last week. It's not it's not time yet. It always goes, you know, to quote Rick Rule, right? It goes last, but it goes um, higher, and so it hasn't had that slingshot uh, effect yet. Uh, for whatever reason you want to attribute it to, whether it's uh, because it trades more like an industrial metal, because as we talked about a, a couple of days ago, it's um, not gold. The very simple fact that it's you know gold's little brother. Um, all those reasons. Gold's and, mistress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Side exactly piece. right. That's exactly right. And so, no, um, you know, and 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 in instances like this, I, I made this point yesterday as well, right? And I know we're going to talk about oil in a second, but mm-hmm. this is like heady, heady global, heavy hitter talking about trillions type stuff, right? It's like big boy table and it's like the dollars at the table and the S&Ps at the table and gold's at the table, but like silver and Bitcoin don't get a seat yet. That's sort of like how I'm framing it, right? Agreed. Um, you know what's held up well, and and I think it speaks to, you know, a potential bottom. We've seen this without 
any massive infrastructure stimulus yet. I'm sure it's coming, but copper, you know, copper has bounced back and, and, and settled at 234. Um, obviously nowhere near what we need price wise in order for us to see a resumption of what was going to be a, a ripping bull market there, but encouraging thoughts. What was, what was the low? Uh, we're at 234. Now I want to say the low was right. It was flirting with twos. Let me pull it up really quick. That. Yep, let's pull it up here. Because two hundred eight, so, so my, right, right, I, right near that two dollar level, one year low of two hundred eight. Yeah, I think my answer would have to do something with infrastructure, right? I yep. mean, uh, the doctor knows, and so th these programs, right? Right now, we're bailing out the bailouts, we're doing the paper thing, but people are going to need to get back to work. We're going to have to do the whole uh, shovel ready project thing again, and hopefully, it gets done for real this time because. <laughs> um, well, really, our, our roads and bridges are really falling apart. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, copper went to, that's why I asked you the low is because it was baking in everything that's going on now, but maybe it's sort starting to sniff what's on the other side here because look, and I said this again this week is like, I don't think the world ends here, right? That's not like how I'm viewing this. I'm saying it's bad now. I'm saying the lockdowns last longer than anybody's thinking. I'm saying it takes longer to get back to normal um, now, but that's only what, like 2021, 2022, there's still eight years left in the decade. I mean, we're going to get to the other side of it and there's going to be, you know, the fourth turning is going to turn and we're going to get through the next uh, four years of whatever decrepit fucker is in the office and there's going to be someone younger. And so like things are going to get better. And so, um, you know, long-term copper bull, I, I, I probably have a bit longer time frame than, than most, but uh, that would be my thoughts, I think. Absolutely. Agree 100%. And again, if you're a real contrarian and you've already topped off your gold positions or or have significant exposure there, which you should if you're a contrarian, uh, you should have been doing that the last few years. Um, I think now is a heck of a time to be adding the better copper names in the space. Um, I know you want to get into oil. You touched on the fact that we're fucking paying people to keep it in the ground and calling it a reserve. Um, <laughs> talk about oil, please. Well, it's the, it's the one thing that hasn't been able to be propped up. And so it's the one thing that's given you a, a non-distorted reflection of what's actually going on, in my opinion, because um, it, Without people driving, without people going back to work, you know, there's no reason for oil to to go up and it hasn't been able to to go up. Right. And it's tougher to uh, manipulate the oil market than it is a, an equity market. Right. Um, there's physical delivery and, and ships that have it and, and, and data, et cetera. And so the stubbornness of oil to go back up. Um, despite, you know, broker deals with the, the Saudis and the Russians and Trump and uh, the fact that it's it went negative bid, I know we talked about that, um, and it remains so cheap in Canada, uh, et cetera. I think oil is giving you the true picture, right? Like oil is saying, nah, this isn't so good. Like we're not getting back to work anytime soon. And, and that's just my thoughts. I think oil is a really good barometer right now. Agreed. Um, all this, you know, with the dollar still flirting with that hundred, that triple digit um, number there. The U.S. dollar index closed at ninety nine seventy three this week, so the dollar still holding up. Can we talk about uh, the payroll protection program and or whatever the heck they call the payroll? Yeah, yeah, the paycheck protection program and the small business administration running out of money. And can we talk about um just some of the fuckery that's going on there? I see that. <laughs> I was not aware that Ruth's Chris Steakhouse was a small business. Were you? 
I was not. Let me pull up my article here because I got one about it too. Yeah, there was a lot of restaurant chains that, that got the aid and and larger corporations, and that two hundred and thirty nine billion went pretty quick, didn't it? It went oh, pretty pot quick. Belly. So pot belly sandwich pot shop. Belly. I see and another one, another one. Right. So there was a ten million dollar loan limit, which is what Potbelly got, Chicago's own. Um, and so they at least stuck to the limit, right? Did they deserve it? I don't think they're a small business, but okay, who cares what Gerardo Del Real from the Bizarro World podcast thinks? Um, mm-hmm. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, they gamed it. They just applied for separate loans for each individual location and got, you know, <laughs> I think 20 million. 10, 10, 10 each and, and, mm-hmm. you know, just continued on till someone cut on, but they got the money. I mean, I'm all for small business aid. I actually think that was one of the better ideas, but again, like everything else and I get it. We processed 14 years of applications in 14 days. I read the same articles that everybody else did, but can there be a better system? I mean, Again, it just speaks to who's getting what, which brings me to my next point. You know, we we talked about the major U.S. indices rallying and, you know, all of a sudden we're not that far off from all-time highs again. Um, But how dangerous is it that the five largest stocks, the Microsofts, the Apples, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, those, the the S&P 500 is now more concentrated, I, I think since at least the 20s and maybe ever. So all it takes to get a rip from the market is, you know, two or three of those positions up disproportionately, right? And the whole thing rips. And then the algos kick in because we have very few humans still trading out there. And it's all just one giant algorithm. Any thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, mean, it's just what a fucking crazy world we live in right now. I mean, you know, the money went very quickly. You and I are both business owners. We applied. Um, made the cutoff for our bank and then the, the funds were gone before um, our loan was able to be accepted. I, I, I think Congress is going to uh, put some more money out there. But like you, it's one of the better programs because it's um, for small businesses, which is like half the U.S. economy, right? We've seen um, how large the figures are that have gone directly to uh, larger corporations in the form of loans and debt purchases and and all the other things that have um, gone on. And so if you're going to call it a, a small business loan, uh, certainly you should have a, a better way of administering it and 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 fund it to the amount that's going to be needed. Now, um, I, you and I have talked and that's what we think is coming next, right? They're going to allocate more uh, funds to the program and hopefully they do. But um, it hasn't been enough as of yet for the uh, cohort of the economy that probably needs it the the most. Did Harvard deserve nine million? I mean, you and I applied to be clear, everyone, for a small small business loan um, to make sure that our writers and our graphics people and our video people, um, you know, that we could keep them on and that we could continue with the same level of business without having to make any cuts. And frankly. You, you, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes in order to do that because we do plan ahead and we do have a rainy day fund. But but yes, business has been affected all the way around. In some instances, it's been positive. 
Um, you, you got smart CEOs and smart companies that are out there that realize the only way they're going to get their message out is by spending some advertising dollars. And in other situations, you got companies that didn't plan for a rainy day and have to cut back on everything, including their own salaries. And so, you know, we want to make sure that the business model isn't disrupted. That's why the loan was applied for. Now, does Harvard, like, do, do they deserve 9 million in aid um, through the multiple programs that are out there? Like, again, it's just, it, 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 <laughs> It's insane. It's interesting to me too that 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 the nine million they received from the federal government here recently um, is also the, about the same amount that they received from Jeffrey Epstein back in the days. Um, one's nastier than the other, but they're both pretty nasty, I think. Interesting. The same Harvard that was kicking its students out when when this mm -hmm. hit and saying, "Hey, you figure out the fucking moving costs." You know, and how big is their endow the endowment? Uh, I, I don't have that number at the top of my head. It's 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 a lot bigger than our account. I can tell you that much. And we didn't get nine million dollars. We didn't get anything, but we didn't get nine million dollars. That's for damn sure. It's forty-one billion dollars. That's with a B, right? That's with a B. Yeah, yeah. Again, there just has to be a a, a, a better way of doing things. Um, there has to be a better way of doing things, and the USAA is not. It stimulus denied. The USAA is getting hit hard publicly anyway, but not as hard as the people whose money they're taking, the servicemen and women that I mentioned up top. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit, Nick? These guys yeah. believe. Yeah, I'll let you take it away because you know how you, you know how I feel about firefighters and military men and women. That's it. And there's a lot of things to talk about. Thankfully, they've reversed this program, so yep. they've they've stopped doing that. Let's get that out there because of the <clears throat> um, uproar and outrage, which was certainly justified. I was pretty pissed yesterday morning when I woke up and uh, read that the USAA was confiscating the $1,200 of servicemen and women and families uh, as soon as the money hit their accounts if they were um, basically you know, overdrawn, if they had a negative account balance. And um, you and, know. And, and let me really quick, let me just cut in real quick just to personalize it, Nick. There was a gentleman from San Antonio here about an hour or so away. He was a, a disabled vet who had a stimulus check taken for an, for having an overdrawn account. And so again, I, I, you know, when we say, you know, there's season checks and stimulus checks, I don't want people to think that, you know, it, it's just people that are well off getting these $1,200 checks. No, the people that are getting the checks, you know, make under, you know, 100000 in most cases, right? And so in this case, it was a disabled veteran who just had overdraft fees because he was already hurting before all this hit. Um, and, and this was a response. And luckily that was reversed. I didn't mean to cut in, but I did want to no, no. just personalize it. Yeah. And give a specific example of what that looked like. And that's exactly it. I mean, it it's tough to to think about, at least for me, it's, it's, it, it just fires me up when I look at the, how big the numbers are for these companies um, who didn't reserve anything um, in, in some cases <laughs> certainly aren't profitable and definitely have a lot of debt. And to see them like getting bailed out and get money when they're underwater themselves and didn't have their financial house in order themselves um, and then to see a, a military man or woman or family 
um, not be able to get their twelve hundred bucks. Oh, oh my oh, gosh! Thick. I mean, it's just the like, nerve I don't know for them to you... even try. I'm glad they reversed it's, it's... it. The fact that they even tried this, yeah, exactly, just makes That's... my blood boil, man. And then you know, you said it. I wrote it yesterday. What's their tagline in all the commercials? Right? We serve those who serve us. Yeah, fuck you, right? I mean, I don't know what else you can say about that. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, Florida is reopening their beaches today. Uh, well, you, what, what do you expect from Florida? Nothing less. <laughs> Nothing less. Oh, man. Let's talk about... Um, it's going to be a mess, Gerardo. The second wave, I mean, you oh, saw the second wave in yep. Singapore. We, we can put up a link to Singapore. It's a much smaller population. Uh, the second wave in the U.S. is... Yeah. Anyway, it's it's. we'll see. It, it, let, let, let's talk about another reason why the market um, soared, right? There's 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 now hope, right? We're, we're, we're rallying on hope now. Um, forget the actual numbers. Forget 23 million unemployed. Forget the fact that you know, we're not getting back to normal anytime soon. Forget the fact that the SBA is out of money. Never mind the fact that, you know, Congress is home, right? They're, 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 they're off unless they really need adjourned. to come back. So we'll, uh, adjourned. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Um, but, you know, in, in the midst of all of that going on, uh, the market is, 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 is positive and going higher because we believe there may be a way to treat, not cure, treat this i know you've read the article you want to provide some context for me nick oh have i read the article yeah well it's gilead right did you see how much you Gilead was up today um the stock has obviously been doing really well but um they're not going to let a vaccine uh go right to market in in any case right it's still got to go through uh trials the timeline isn't immediate and so it, it's good to hope, you know, I have investments in companies that are working on treatments as well and hope we get one sooner than later, but it's still uh, medical science and it still requires um, testing. And as I read, I think even yesterday, there's a problem with uh, being able to scale distribution, even if it works with the, the, the specialty glass that's needed for the containers. How'd I do, Gerardo? Did I get it? Fantastic. That's exactly it. Let's be absolutely clear, everybody. Nick and I want to get rid of COVID-19 as much as you do. Nick and I are just as peeved and 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 more fortunate than most. Luckily, we can work from home, family's healthy, you know, we're 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 doing all right. Um, but we want to get back to normal like everybody else. Um, I'm rooting for Gilead. Obviously, I want it to work. Obviously, I want, you know, everybody to come together and let's find a cure and let's do this. But I don't want to see innocent people die because they were led astray by a radio host or a doctor that's not a doctor because they all went fucking crazy this week. You got Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz um, out there saying that, hey, you know, maybe a, maybe a 3% hit to the population that decides to get back out. Maybe that's maybe maybe that's worth, you know, getting the economy back on track. And- we're going to send them to Judge Judy. <laughs> and, 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 and people are accepting this like. Yeah, well, 3% because nobody thinks it'll be them. Well, you said it before we got started. You know, if you want to go back out there, go ahead, take your mask off and, and walk through the New York hospitals if you think it's not affecting people or you think it's time to, to get back out there. And that's what I was saying. I mean, so these people are going to go for it and um, we'll see the consequences, right? We shall. We shall indeed. Um, this is obviously affecting our food supply. There's been several, several stories of, of you know, supply chain disruptions um, in the food service industry. 
everything from meat shops to, you know, farmers, obviously I saw, I, I, I saw one thing that, you know, I was upset and then I, I thought about it and I was like, well, fuck, what, what, what could the farmer do? But you know, there was, I, I forget how much it was, something like uh, maybe 5,000 gallons of milk that, 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 that was just, they've, they've been pouring it down the drain, pouring it down the drain, man. And, 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 you know, you have homeless people downtown. Everybody's got homeless people downtown. We mentioned our crumbling infrastructure. We mentioned the fact that people don't have money to pay rent. People don't have money to buy food. People can't go out and get it. People aren't allowed to work. Fucking stimulus checks aren't getting there in time. Um, USAA is trying to take it when you're not looking. Um, and and when we're 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 wasting wasting you know food and 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 and, and products that are that are good for you and, and nutritious. But at the same time, I, I also couldn't fault the group that was doing it because they really didn't have a choice there. So. It's just, um, did you want to talk about the food supply a little bit? Do you have any thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, the milk thing is unique because it's sort of like the toilet paper thing. It's like there's plenty of milk, but it can't get to where it has to go in the right ways fast enough. And so, you know, the the schools typically consume a ton of milk, right, with all the kids in schools. Well, obviously, none of the kids are in schools and the, and the schools aren't serving any milk and you can't... Um, you can't freeze milk and you can't store milk for long. And so, yeah, they've been literally pouring it um, down the drain. The milk doesn't worry me as much as what I've been seeing about the meat. So, and yep. again, I, I don't want to be a, a sky is falling type guy. I feel like I've written a, a bunch of sky is falling stuff over the years. Um, and, and now it's, it's actually you were right here. about it. <laughs> and yeah, but now it's actually here and it's like, people aren't anyway. So like a couple of weeks ago, you saw, um, one meat plan go offline. And, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it somewhere where the Bloomberg headline was like, no threat to meat supply yet. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, yet. And then here we go. It, just a couple of days ago, it was Smithfield shutting down a, a pork processing uh, facility. Um, guess what? In a state where the governor wasn't taking it all that seriously and where Smithfield was paying workers uh, a 500 a day $500 a day loyalty bonus so they would continue to show up to work. Um, and guess what? 200 people in, in a pork processing facility um, come down with COVID, one of the largest in the nation, and it goes offline. And so, um, again, not being alarmist, but this is a, a headline front page story in the Washington Post talking about how um, you know shortfalls are, are a very real possibility here. And so, um, look, the effects are widespread and are going to be deep and, you know, they're going to start affecting more and more people. I think that, you know, you start going to a grocery store with bare shelves and, and this thing takes a different, a different tune pretty quickly. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I know you had a happy, positive story, um, last week. And I know that several months ago we talked about, um, there were, there were, there were a new Edward Snow. I talked about a new Edward Snowden book. You and I had a dialogue about it and how in the book he explained how, you know, the, 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 the way that the government, both sides, um, got away with wiretapping, um, all, all of the world basically, and, and specifically American citizens, which was illegal, the way they were able the, the, the politicians were able to escape any, any criminal liability was by just, changing the law after they did it and making the law retroactive, right? It's in the book. It's a great book. Um, if you haven't read it, everybody, you should. You have nothing else to do probably. So do that um, unless you're working from home and then you're probably double busy like Nick and I. But um, Ticketmaster, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm, and I'm writing it down and I'm not forgetting, you know, we talked USAA, we know the politicians are all corrupt and crooked and we expect them to do what they're going to do, what they've always done. Um, but Ticketmaster changed its refund policy um, last week and made it to where you no longer got refunds. So obviously everything's canceled, right? Probably at least until next year. I just don't see um, a scenario where they're going to allow um, large concentrations of people. And, and again, this, you know, this upsets me as much as anyone. I love the music festivals. I, 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 I am a huge music geek, all sorts of genres, country, hip hop, Mexican music, you name it. Um, I like it all. And, um, you know, it, it's a bummer for me. And, and like many people, I had, God, maybe six or seven events scheduled for, for, for March and April and May, and all of those got canceled. And so Ticketmaster, when I bought the tickets initially had a refund policy. If anything gets, you know, rescheduled or canceled, we'll give you your money back. And so now it went ahead and reverse course and said, no, you're no longer um, going to get that refund. We'll give you a credit, much like the airlines were trying to do. We'll give you a credit and you can use it whenever you decide it's safe to travel again. Um, and so again, it's just corporations behaving nasty. And I encourage everyone, and not all of them, a lot of them are doing good, right? But the ones that are behaving in this fashion, everyone, I encourage all of you, all of you to write down the names and 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 not forget um and hold them accountable the next go around because because it just shouldn't be happening. It's it's predatory. Um so have you tried to get a refund for those events or are you content to to just let it ride and and reuse them those tickets when the events are, are rescheduled finally? I am content because luckily I am you know right. again, right? I'm in a position where I just hope to get the event back on track and I, and sure. I don't need the money in the near term. It's it's not something that's gonna make or break me. So I am content to wait. I'm just upset for the people that, you know, spent 500 bucks, Sturgill Simpson, you and I were both supposed to see him at different times. Right. And you yeah. know, I, 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 I had purchased four tickets and I think the total was something like, you They're know, not cheap. no, 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 whatever it was, it was, it was almost, you know, it was for all four tickets. It was all quadruple digits almost. Right. And so, yeah, boohoo me first world problems. My point is I'm okay with that event being canceled and rescheduled and me being able to see that another time. But there's a lot of people a lot, where sure. that thousand bucks might be rent. That thousand bucks might be food and groceries for the next two months while, while the stimulus check hits people's accounts um, and hopefully isn't garnished by debt collectors and banks. And so I just, again, it's uh, I, I, I know that New York lawmakers have opened an investigation into Ticketmaster um, for altering the refund policy to exclude the postponed events. Um, but just keep track of these companies, everyone. I encourage everybody to pay attention. This is this is a lot of people and com companies and corporations are going to show their ass during this uh, during this pandemic, and it's worthwhile to not forget. Absolutely, I haven't tried to get a refund for you know the events that we had tickets to either, but I am going to have to cancel an Airbnb that we had scheduled for when we were going to go see Sturgill, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm interested to see how that process goes when I do. Agreed. Agreed. Now for a happy, positive story. I know you and I chatted a bit. Um, can we talk? Can, can can you provide a little context first? The land speed record, the the original land speed record, because that was hilarious. Um, and then give us an update on that. So there's a race and we talked about it on the podcast that takes place. Uh, you know, it's called the Cannonball, where they drive from New York to L.A. in the fastest time uh, possible. And in recent times, people have been doing it 
quite speedily, um, like under 30 hours. And it's been getting uh, progressively faster. The last time the record was broken was just a couple of months ago. Um, and that was the first time it had been broken since uh, 2013, I think. So the record stood for six years and was just recently uh, taken down. So somebody just recently did it in like just uh, around 27 hours or something. And the way they're allowed, they're, not, they're certainly not allowed to do this because they're, <laughs> they're driving. At, do not try this at home, everyone. We're not encouraging this. We're just mentioning right. it to you. An average speed they're driving of like 120 or 130 miles per hour. And they're using, um, you know, high tech radar that's been mounted to the roof. Um, a spotter that's normally like looking with binoculars ahead for um, police uh, in any other sort of radar trap and also a series of other drivers and a network of other people stationed ahead of the planned course um, to look out for similar things as well. And so I just find this whole thing fascinating in that they use teamwork and uh, high speed cars and they drive so fast and take turns driving and modify the cars. And it's just cool. So the last record stood for six years, but um, it was just taken down last November and somebody got the bright idea, taking advantage <laughs> of the lockdown with nobody on the roads to try to break the record again. <laughs> and sure enough, with no traffic on the roads, this team was able to drive across the country from New York to Los Angeles in 26 hours and 38 minutes, which beat that record uh, set just last November by 45 minutes. So um, a little grease on the wheels there because no traffic out the That's pretty fast time. I don't know if you've ever driven across the country, but that's normally a three or four or five day endeavor. So to do it in 26 hours, you can only imagine. And, and, and how many, how many people, um, like tagged along for this trip? I, I got it. Obviously it wasn't just one person, 26 hours straight, right? No, it's a, it's a, normally a three person team. So you got a driver, uh, you got somebody in the captain's chair and then you got a spotter slash communicator. I like it. I like it. Two quick points. And then, you know, I'm just seeing the, these numbers here again. I, I just, I, I just want to preach safety to people, but the, 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 States without stay-at-home orders um, in the past week, th th this is the percentage increase in coronavirus cases and COVID-19 cases in these states, right? In Oklahoma, the past week, up 53%. And, and again, some of this is because we're testing a tiny bit more, but not, 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 not all of it's attri attributable to that. Um, Arkansas, 60%. Nebraska, 74%. Iowa, 82%. South Dakota, 205%. So again, you go out there if you want to, um, please keep the kids inside, man. And, um, yeah, just be safe and, 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 and be responsible. And we'll leave it at that. Some actionable items for everybody on the stock side, on the junior mining side, um, company that I'm a shareholder of participated, um, early on in a financing, continue to support, continue to believe it's one of the best values out there. Magna gold, uh, ticker symbol. What is it? MGR on the Toronto Venture Stock Exchange. And what is the US equivalent, Mr. Hodge? Do you have that? MGLQF. Which is still trading um, on the US side, on the over-the-counter um, exchange there. That's still trading, but I say all that to say, I believe this coming week we'll start trading on the Canadian exchanges again. And I encourage everybody to take a look at that company. I think it's still trading as if it were an exploration story, which it was. 
It is now a producer. Um, it, 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 I don't want to get into all the details again because we've talked about it several times, but it acquired the San Francisco mine, which I believe was mismanaged. And I believe that Arturo Bonilla as the CEO and his team, which initially put it into production, will be making um, some pretty impressive adjustments that will lead to higher recoveries. And again, if this gold price just hangs around at these levels, um, they're going to be making money hand over fist. Tiny market cap, I believe, post-transaction, they'll have approximately 65 million shares outstanding, give or take a few million. Um, you can buy shares today on the U.S. side, right around the 50 cent level and a couple of million ounces producing. Again, I think there's an opportunity there. We've been saying that since it traded at around the 10 cent level. And I think it goes much, 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 much higher in this new gold bull market. Me too. I like it. You know, one thing we didn't mention, and we have to touch on it, Nick, and, 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 and apologies to everyone for saving it until the end. Uranium. Here we are with uranium finally breaking through the $30 a pound mark. We talked about it last week a bit. That momentum has continued. Um, still a lot of names out there that, that, that are trading a lot lower than they were before, but they certainly, certainly have um, some, 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 some tailwinds, right? Any thoughts on the uranium companies out there? We, we mentioned some names last week. I just wanted to get thoughts uh, from you, Nick, on, on where you see that momentum uh, going and whether it continues. It's analogous to the gold space in that uh, the virus has set in motion things that were needed for uh, the spot price to rise and the spot price rising might there again set in set in motion other things that are needed. So um, chemicals offline with MacArthur River, the Kazakhstan's offline combined, that's almost half of the uh, primary production supply in the world. And so um, at the same time, you know, you had a great interview with Jordan that, that we can put a, a link to Jordan Trimble from Sky Harbor. Um, talking about how these are such large capex projects and there's such inertia with the build time that it, the coming demand isn't going to get shut down. It's, they're not going to stop building these nuclear plants, right? Um, and also, like 10 to 20 percent of baseload power isn't going to get shut down. And so, you got a scenario building now where primary supply is coming offline. The spot price is up to highs, prices not seen since 2016, over 31 handle or whatever it is, um, a, a pound in the spot market, and 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 you know, for the past couple of months, even before the virus, the conversation had turned to basically only being about utilities coming back, utilities coming back, utilities coming back. When, 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 when the, the sector was dead. I mean, fission went to what was it? Eight, nine cents or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, nine um, cents Canadian. <laughs> yeah, right. And so um, here you got it. There you go. I mean, spot price back at 31. Fission gets uh, 10 million from Sprott. Azarga raises one and a half million. Could have taken three million. And maybe the utilities, hopefully, uh, are having conversations like, hey, you, you think we should maybe get back here and start contracting? Um, and when they do, um, you know, as the bull case goes, uh, are going to have to contract at higher prices. Um, one, because it takes higher prices just to get the stuff out of the ground. And so, um, that's sort of the short version. Not a lot of companies in the uranium space to choose from, certainly quality ones. And so um, you could probably count on your two hands, the good ones. And um, it seems like it's, um, you know, been kicked into gear. Every, we were waiting for a catalyst and, and, and the catalyst is here. So I, I'm excited again about uranium for sure. Money to be made there. Um, those those bull markets in the uranium space are always worth the pain of being wrong year after year after year. Well, calling a bull market, thing. right? Sorry, it just popped into my head. You know, because 
I'm, when we write these newsletter promotions, right, and I try to and I calculate the gains of when this is how much you could have made in the last uranium bull market. Like uranium is the biggest one, right? When you go and you look at the Paladin chart from 2006, 2000. Because the numbers are true, right? It makes it easy to write. <laughs> well, that's right. But here's the point I want to make. It's always because they went from like uh, a penny or two pennies to whatever they went to. But that normally comes, um, you know, on the heels of a, a drastic downturn where nobody even wanted to look at the sector. And so that's why I said, you know, when I in ten years, when I'm grabbing this, the the charts for the uranium promotion, if I'm still doing uranium promotions in ten years, I'm going to grab the chart <laughs> from when fission was at eight cents. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. When it's at three bucks, you're going to say this went from eight cents to three dollars, and you know it's 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 the nature of the beast. But these are these are these are real gains that have happened in the past before everyone. And you know, yes, do you have to, do you have to be willing to, to, to be a contrarian and buy near the bottom and, and sometimes be a couple of years early? Absolutely. Um, but again, a uh, small price to pay if you can make, you know, four, four, four digit and five digit gains in, in, in the matter of, of, of a couple of year time span. Right. And that, and that's another good point, Gerardo, because who do you think is left after fission went mm. to eight cents? Like even I was selling some fission shares. I still own fission. I still got fission shares, but I, I lightened up. And so that's why you're seeing these moves up so fast. It's nothing but people who don't want to sell now. The sellers have exhausted themselves. There's, they, they don't have anything left to sell, right? And I think even in, in, in the junior space with the gold companies, um, we've seen some of that. You know, gold pulled back from, you know, 1730, 1740, hit resistance, couldn't get above that 1750, 1755 level, closed back, you know, right around the 1680 something level, 1682. And yet a lot of the junior gold names were up today, uh, despite the pullback and, Man, what a difference a few months makes. I remember blasting through 1400 and 1500 and 1550 and those names were still getting sold off as if it didn't matter, right? And so I do believe that there's new people in the space, people that are that are slowly but surely trickling in and more importantly, I think the big money's all in as far as paying attention, not all in as far as investing or speculating in the space, but I think it's on every Bloomberg terminal um, of, of people that want exposure to hard assets, right? Yep. You know what follows? What follows is the money. And if we get, uh, you know, the, the gold price to cooperate, I think it, we're in for a, a, a fun 2020 and 21 and 22, um, you know, <laughs> regardless of what happens with everything else that's going on. Um, that's all I got. Mr. Hodge, anything you want to add to that? No, that's it. I think the match has been lit. I like it. The match has absolutely been lit. Um, look out for each other. Check in on your loved ones. Call your mom if you have a mom. Call your dad if you have a dad. Um, brother, sister. This is the time. Check in on your neighbor. If you can afford to give, help people out. This is the time to do it. People need it. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 66 of Bizarro World. Be good, everyone. <laughs>